Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with a very talented modern-day saxophonist and composer, Mr. Jaleel Shaw. Over the course of a very raw and interesting interview with Mr. Shaw, he talked about his beginnings in jazz when he got his first saxophone at the age of nine, growing up in the city of brotherly love, the way his career has gone up to this point, owning his own record label, and a whole host of other topics over a very interesting 30-minute period. Please dig it. Yeah, Mr. Shaw. Yeah, it's Joe Domino with Neon Jazz. Hey, good, man. How are you? I'm good. Hey, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate you talking with us here at Neon Jazz. How was your trip to Japan? It was great. It was great. And uh, the one thing that I said is that I I think that um, I wouldn't say Japan loves music more than anyone, any other place. For me, it's always different from venue to venue. Yeah. That's great. So you were born in the city of Brotherly Love and John Coltrane. Um, what was it like to grow up in Philadelphia to kind of get you uh, to, to love jazz? So, when did you start playing the saxophone, and why did you pick that instrument? I started playing at the age of nine. I, uh, I was in third grade, and uh, uh, a guy came to our school, and he played us a video. There's a video that, um, if you get the Fantasia DVD now, it's at the beginning of the Fantasia video. It's a short uh, anim- uh, animated clip of uh, the history of Everyone 
So let me kind of jump forward a little bit here to your latest album, Soundtrack of Things to Come. You've been getting rave reviews on this. How has it kind of felt in the afterglow of this album, promoting and getting such great reviews for it? It feels good, especially when you do it on your own. <laughs> you know, um, it's, you know I, I, I basically have my own label, and I, I, uh, it's a lot of hard work. You know, so it's, 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 it's a good reward, and it's received well. Um, it's also bittersweet because the album is based on a lot of things that went on in my life that were, um, you know, it, it Absolutely. So, you're you're the owner of Chengu Records, which I would think for any musician to own and run your own label would be the biggest dream in the world. What is it like to own and run your own label? to jump back a little bit here and just kind of ask you from the word go it seems like you've been destined for music from 
uh, you know, getting your scholarship to the Berkeley uh, uh, Berkeley College of Music to winning the Monk International Sax Competition. Just seems like you've been groomed to be in jazz. Is that is it just kind of a calling that you've always had? Did you always think that you were going to be at this point in your life? Um, well, before I say anything, I just want to make sure it's clear. I didn't win the Monk competition. That was the famous place. I was in it back two years. Famous place one. Okay. But I was. Uh, I didn't win it. But I, I, I do think that from a very early age, I, I mean, I always loved music. You know, before I even started playing the saxophone. And I think within like maybe one or two years of playing the saxophone, I knew that there was something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. going through your mind when you really played your first professional gig? Yeah. No. But um, other than that, 
speaking of performing, you perform in the Roy Haynes Quartet. You perform with Tom Harrell, Jason Moran, Roy Hargrove, Chick Corea, Jimmy Cobb, on and on. What is it like to share the stage with luminaries like that? Absolutely. Um, in 2005, your debut album comes out, Perspective, Rave Reviews, Things Start Beginning. What was it like to re release that first album and get such a great response? we've talked about who you played with when you think about the world of music and jazz who comes to mind that you would really like to play or gig with at some point
You know, you, you listed off some amazing names there, so th this kind of leads into my next question. Who are your heroes? So, have you ever played with Bobby Watson? Yeah, I have. Right on. So speaking of Bobby, you know, he's a legend here in Kansas City and in the world of jazz, you know, as a teacher, you know, you, you playing with bands, you're at a point now where you're a teacher. What do you try to teach those that play with you? What do you want them to take away from an experience of playing with you?
performed in front of thousands and thousands of people in your life, what is the coolest thing a fan has ever said to you? The coolest thing a fan has ever said to me. Absolutely. Um, what What is the key to you being, when you wake up in the morning, what inspires you to want to make music and, and make it the way you do? Absolutely. So, speaking of inspiration, what is next for you in your career? What's coming up?
see out here the my final question I have for you when you're an old man and you lean back and you think about your life and jazz and the impact that you've made on this world how do you want everybody to remember you in the annals of jazz history said thank you very much man i love your music i'm i'm thrilled that you took the time out to talk with me today and man keep on keeping on it's great stuff man thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another neon jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in new york kansas city and spots all over america giving fans all that jazz and thanks to mr jaleel shaw for his insight and stories if you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store or visit theneonjazz.blogspot.com for all things Neon Jazz. Until next time, enjoy the music, my friends. Neon Jazz.